got mail. I got mail. I got mail. I'm recording also. Did you queue up the song? Because you know that's part of I did actually recording is to cue the song and have it near when you start recording. That's now I'm I'm hovering over the play waiting for you to finish your sentence. Oh goodness. Welcome to Everyone Racers. A show designed for the world of low dollar racing thing and oddball car culture. It doesn't matter what kind of lemon champ or lucky track dog league you run. SCCA or NASA. We don't discriminate. As long as you drive it hard and built it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussions, tips, tricks, as well as news and notes from the world of amateur endurance racing. And whether it's on the spot, Hella Sweet, or a Lucky, Chrissy. 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 And I give you just the tip. We're sure you'll giggle a little and learn even less. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. This is Chrissy. I'm Jeff. And I'm Mental. And we are Everyone Racers. Is it me? I don't even know. It it's is. Green. Look at that. I should look ahead. Welcome to a Pac-Man episode. It is episode 257. A Pac-Man level 250. I did not know this. Pac-Man level 251 kill scene episode. 57, but yeah, okay. Was that what I said? 257? Sorry. You said one. It doesn't matter. I'll put on my old man glasses. Uh-huh. Hey. Rough start here, dude. You know, if you're not playing a rad video game, then check out our E1 on E1R bingo card. Link in the show notes. And now we get to the best part of the day. I love how when we have Eric on, we don't even like say, hey Eric, you ready? We just like go. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. That's kind of he knows. That's all right. Yeah. Oh, let's start where we always start. Chris, what you working on? Gave the Mazda a post-race once-over, so that includes cleaning it up a little bit so it's not disgusting to touch, especially as many Mazda Valdez incidents that we've had lately. Um, so that was better. I've replaced the right rear caliper. That was the source of the rotational noise in the right rear. That was not letting up. I uh, did a compression test, which was fine. I mean, actually, we talked about that last week, didn't we? Talk about the compression test. I think so. I think anyway. Did. Yeah, um, cleaned out the plug wheels, got the new plugs back in. It's ready now for a test drive to see if I have solved said problems. Uh, also gave Snowflack an oil change and a pre-inspection once over. I still hate doing oil changes on GMT 800 trucks because it just splashes on you no matter what you do when you change the filter. There is no way around it. Uh, also took the Honda lawnmower we got from the Cape tonight and cleaned the carburetor and sharpened the blades. So that's ready to use. So. You have a Honda lawnmower at the Cape. Wow. It was surprised. Are you surprised that he has a lawnmower? Because the Honda thing shouldn't it, shock you at it all. It was also free. So no, yeah. no, I, I'm surprised because usually the, the lawnmower at the vacation house is like whatever crap you can get, like off the side of the road somewhere or something. Yeah, like but this. we've we've no. we've My all dad been tight now for like Hondas. yeah, we've all been tight now for like twenty years. We know that Chris is like seven layers into Hondas. It's Hondas all the way down. I bet he doesn't have a Honda at his house. We do now because I got the one from the Cape House. They're oh. not used it. They haven't used it in ten years. That's why we brought it home. It's that, better than that's the craft. Why than, you than don't the, buy the lousy craftsman that we had that I bought on clearance in two thousand and four. That's what I expected. 
Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Uh, yep. Chrissy, you're not at home. I am not at home. No. And you missed the whole uh, weekend. We were people of leisure. We went uh, to on a vacation, went to a beach, went to, the, we didn't actually sit on the beach, but we looked at the ocean and had a nice, we had a really nice time with the friend. So that was good. Um, and then I was magically whisked away to Milwaukee. So I am in, I am in Milwaukee for uh, just another day. I was here, um, came down Tuesday morning and I'm here for work, which is a little different than my old work when I used to just travel by myself and, and go and try to fix said, you know, training centers and work all by myself and never saw anybody and ate a whole lot in my hotel rooms. Now I have people that I'm here with and we're doing audits on a, another, uh, another uh, plant that I'd like just like what? Just like safety <laughs> audits. Nothing is more exciting than safety it's audits. It's been really enlightening because I have a hot mess at my place. And so I'm able to <laughs> see what they do at other places. So it's been it's been a lot of talk, a lot of what do you do? How do I do this better? So it's been good. I at can't, least it's can't really like complain. social. Before it was like her by herself yeah. in a minivan building an indoor yep. training center pipes. as yeah. much as you possibly could do building a building by yourself. And at least this is walking around a plant and talking to people and seeing what other people don't see. So it's not so bad. I'm only so, here for a couple of days. Yep. My, my Midwestern uh, geography is not really good, but I'm going to say from East coast to West coast, it is me in Jersey, Chris in Pennsylvania, then Eric, then you, or I'm, I'm an hour North of, I'm an hour North of Chicago. I'm I know, but like, is it east or west? Same. It's the same. Like north, are they south really? Are they really? Close. Okay. Yeah. I, well, that's what I was trying to figure out. Where exactly are you, is Milwaukee? Are you in downtown Milwaukee or are you off? I'm in, I'm in Franklin, so I am south slightly southwest west. of the yeah, southwest. West. We're probably about the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's straight north, and that's why I, my the flight options weren't great from Philly to Milwaukee, so I that's, just I did Chicago. That's what I was trying to figure out in my brain. Like I see Milwaukee on the, my map in my brain and I'm like, that's really kind of close to Chicago. But yeah, that's two hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's an hour so, straight. Hour well, straight from, from O'Hare. From, yeah. from where I live, it's two hours. Yes. To okay. Yes. Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yep. So um, I, we can have a quick round of guess the rental ooh, just because I have one. Yay. 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 Okay. And I are excited. And, and yes, and, and because this time you didn't have to haul anything, there's, there's, there's some, some, yep, ask away mystery, mystery to this. Go ahead. Um, okay, so you went to Milwaukee Airport. Well, well, no, I, well I went to Chicago. Okay, oh, so Chicago. Oh man, they, so it could be anything. Okay, no, wait. it can't. They'd have nothing <laughs> in their rental centers. Oh, thank you. O'Hare. Yeah. Or, okay, I was going to say O'Hare or Midway, because that would make a difference. O'Hare. Yep. Okay. 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 Go uh, big or go home. Yeah, it's got to means... be American. I'm guessing American. I'm starting right off the bat. Are, wait, are you guessing or are you asking? I, I'm, I'm saying American, yes or no, as a question. No. Ooh. What color okay. is your Nissan Armada? <laughs> <laughs> I did say go big or go home, didn't I? That's not yeah. what I meant about the car. I meant about the airport. Mm. So uh, uh, it is not an Armada. Mm. Okay. Oh, go ahead. So, so then I will... Uh, I. I will presume then it is a sedan. Why well, uh, do you like mm. it? That's the good question. Oh, uh, uh, 
I thought I was going to, and I do not. Ooh, oh, that actually, oh. ooh, that muddies the water quite I know. a bit. Mm. I know. Okay, I think I have a guess. Okay. I will wait till our our final. Uh, or if, if Eric actually, well, Eric had a good question. That was probably as more accurate it's, than we thought. Chris, if you got your final matter. question. Chris probably knows. Uh, I don't. He does actually. not. I didn't tell oh, him. I only, I only know what company it was rented through. Yeah, because used which used to matter and now doesn't matter as much. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. Say, have, I'm gonna. My oh. question is, what was the what is the the rental size class that you I served? stupidly picked compact at first because <laughs> at national it doesn't really matter because you just pick the lane. When I show up to the budget line, which is where I was because it's through work, I I was like, I do not want a compact anymore. Can you upgrade me? So I paid four dollars more to upgrade. Uh, so it's what intermediate, intermediate, whatever yeah. the next one is. Yeah, which, which is basically a compact with another pair of doors. Yeah, sure. But I was like, I don't really want a compact. So I thought right. I would get something a little bit better. I have a guess. Okay. Toyota Corolla. No, I was thinking. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's good guess. Nope. I'm going no, because Camry. Nope. No, no I know no. she'd Camry's like full size. Camry's we a full all size. Like Camry's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. No, it's not a matter of opinion. I'm telling you. I'm going to say Camry is a full size. Rav four. Like nope. you got a weird upgrade. Oh no. CX five. Nope. Mm. Jeff and or Jeff already guessed. Maxima. I'm. I'm. No, stuck. Nope. Honda Accord. Oh, what? Wow. And you didn't like it. I did. I hate it. It's a wow. base model 2021 with 30,000 plus miles on it. It is crappy inside. It does not move. I am like, I, so as soon as they're like, do you want the Nissan or do you want the Kia? And I was yeah, like, neither. Please just give me, <laughs> come on. And so she, and I had already Nissan, have my stuff. No. Yeah. I already have my stuff ready and I was trying to be really pleasant. And so I'd already waited an hour plus. And so I was like, I want to negotiate this a little bit better, but um, no. So she was like, Honda. I said, yes, just, okay. Like I just figured that wouldn't be so bad. Really not impressed. It should um, be 1.6 turbo with a CVT, right, Chris? 1.5. It's really, it does not move. Like if I just want to like get off the line to just drive away, I have to like step on the gas all the way. And I really just not impressed. CVTs are terrible. Yeah. The the, the Honda one's not bad. I have driven my dad's CRV all over the place and it's the same thing. It, well, you're also, not, also you're used when you say the, the interior is not very good. Look at what you're comparing it to. It's not. I. I. Yeah, there, it's really just an crappy plastic, like, though. Like I. I yeah. don't. I guess I That's had what a little every bit other car is. Better, I, I swim I'm in sure. crappy plastic every day. So <laughs> okay. All right. So maybe my expectations are a little bit inappropriate. I wasn't yeah. expecting Mercedes level. I was expecting give me something. So I uh, just not really happy with no. it. Eric, do you have a comment? Uh, before we move totally past rental cars has had a good rental car store. I actually have two of them. Um, the last two minivans I've rented have had 50 pounds of uh, pressure in the rear tires for some reason. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Um, makes it fun to drive around the neighborhood on the way back. But on the last Lemons Rally, Jeff Stobbs had a rental. Uh, the only thing left in the lot was a BMW 5 Series. So he got oh, that great. Yeah. He starts driving around. He's like, this is something's weird about this. In addition to the 67,000 miles on it. Yeah. And uh, he looked on the build plate. It was a 2018. 
Wow. In a rental fleet. He was yeah. just like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. A 2018 How did that even survive? In a yeah. rental fleet with 60,000 miles. That is yeah. someone in management is taking a gamble because yeah. you are asking yeah. for a big repair bill. Yeah. yeah. Not only yeah. that, but 60,000 miles in, in what, four years. That's like in this rental market, that's been rolled back like at least they, 12 times. That's right. <laughs> They bought some kind of titled problem, uh, former Could lease. Yeah. I'm guessing is what they. Okay. they so this is like Fred's yeah. it yeah. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's like they just needed a car. Is, is yeah. it a car? Does is it a car? Can I rent it? Okay, I think great. that's what they do now. Uh, yeah. There were there were enough in the lot, but this is also a Tuesday at noon, uh, or like you know, it was about ten a.m. By the time I was I was there, and you know, line was astronomical, and I just hate anything but national. Because I hate talking to people. I'm like, I did everything on my phone. I still had to talk to people. I'm like, there. Why? And wait for an hour in line why? as opposed to just walk up to a car and leave. And then you just watch all of yeah. those sad people that don't have confirmations, that don't actually rent a car, and then start yelling. Standing at people. in line like this, shoulders rolled forward, their head right, or they're literally yelling in not English to manager at Avis. You're like. <laughs> R- really really oh, okay you're gonna so, be a rental car place and you're not gonna rent me a car basically well, or they wanted you, a bigger size have is, but they didn't yeah. have it or whatever so i i just harbor fre- frequent card this is <laughs> Oh, okay, so i'm sorry that went on too long but uh yes i'm not not a huge fan of base model accord just saying all right so chrissy's an elitist that's going to the show notes <laughs> <laughs> what's new mental <laughs> Mental. Are, uh, are you doing swimmingly in Vegas? Yeah, we 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 did. We had another round of floods. Uh, there's there's if you poke around on Reddit and Facebook, there are videos of people on pool floaties floating down the uh, underneath the link here in Las Vegas. There was a guy who turned Fremont Street into his own personal slip and slide. Those are videos. This is all so up. disgusting. It makes me itch from here. <laughs> like the thought of like doing anything with the water what's, that is around what's washed there? off of vegas street oh <laughs> my gosh i like yeah. want to hurl you're, you're gonna get you're gonna pick up some gonosorphohephalitis if you oh, got any open source all of it <laughs> um and then immediately everyone's like hey is, is is vegas okay we're supposed to come out there next week and we're trying to explain to them this isn't Kentucky. It was okay 30 minutes after it was done flooding, but <clears throat> a lot of holes in the casinos. Uh, this time around, though, our, our roof did a little better. So it depends on what direction the sideways rain is coming from. We were actually out of the house when that happened because we went to a silent, it was a mobile silent disco. So it was a bar hopping trip uh, with the headphones where you're doing the silent disco. They've, they've, put this this stuff in a backpack now and you can go from spot to spot i'm still wondering about the uh the wisdom of having drunk people wearing headphones wandering down a street but it was a good time and uh because of all those rainstorm we're having right now uh our humidity is like at 50 percent, and we're all melting right let's let's cry a little we're all playing the smallest <laughs> violins in the world <laughs> just for you 50 percent. some days what i would give for 50 percent. <laughs> that's oh. like triple what we're used to here blah blah, blah. <laughs> you keep talking yeah <laughs> okay I, that, I, i've had a, i've had a quiet week mm-hmm. yeah well yeah. silent discos are quiet 
What about uh, you, Jeff? There you go. So uh, my wife is my wife is expecting to return to work. For those of you who don't remember, she's a college professor with a mega commute, like ninety miles each way. And uh, so the, her Subaru, twenty fifteen Subaru Forester, tried to get some love. It went to the dealership. And it got it's 170,000 miles and it got the most ludicrous suggested repairs. I think I suggested that the other day, but I wanted to play a quick little game. What cost more straight out of Subaru? Six tiny just little pulled light that bulbs. from the rear tire of the boat. Did you guys exactly, see that? Exactly. <laughs> uh, side markers and license plate tag light bulbs, six of them. A serpentine belt or a brake fluid exchange, three of the items that are not being done by the dealer on this bill right here, which one do you think costs the most? I want to say serpentine belt because that implies labor, but you would not be outraged by that. So I'm going to say lights. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say brake fluid flush then. I'm also going to say lights because they're probably in some horribly inaccessible place that yeah, requires that's a what stupid I was amount of work. Yeah, like engine out service just so you can get or wrists that have like... three joints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what or chopstick are. fingers. I'm not sure where all six are. I know that the two in the tag were uh, had to take the the uh, the hatch apart, but six tag and marker bulbs, thirty dollars each for a hundred and eighty dollars. Holy what! Brake fluid exchange, a hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, serpentine belt, two twenty. Mm. Not two dollars. Mental gets we, the square. That wins. We still we still can't see the paper. That's anyway. easy. Uh, yeah. So the I did. Go ahead. The, the serp belt on a Subaru is right there. Like it's yeah, yeah. right mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. nothing to do. And there's plenty yeah. of room. So like, get yeah. to it. Zip. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's like the one easy thing on a Subaru. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. See, if you yeah. take a Mercedes in for a serpentine belt, they do the bulbs free of charge while you have your cappuccino. I understand that. And they charge you like the deficit of you know the annual deficit of brazil to get it done uh so anyway so i had to check the axles because they said the axles were bad screw you they're fine i did the light bulbs uh i had to check some tires and i fixed a rattle in the in her exhaust using my the tool that i bought at pri that little that little oh, the wire, wire thing the wire the, Exactly. Oh, yeah. The clamp hose type. clamp with with wire tool. That thing was so fun. Greatest like, none thing. None of us have ever used it. We just said that's so cool. And then Jeff I bought it. And it's I first time finally got to use it. I have a video. It will go up on YouTube as soon as I edit it. Surprise! You so. could find it first. Oh, it's right on my desk. <laughs> oh, with good. Yeah. Okay. So I also had to do a few items around the house because due to some banking issues, we have to get a CO for our house. So I had to like fix a couple of you know hanging wires that could electrocute someone no, make your home fit to live in exactly <laughs> exactly <Okay. laughs> do you still um, not have a banister off I of the... don't have a banister yet so and that, that was okay no we failed so okay failed like this... that's like the biggest yeah. tripping hazard ever you're yes, just like yes. oh let me just go off this oh, a six foot fall onto tile that's totally fine but it angled, really opens angled the room steppy up. tile it opens the room up. Yes, it does. So yeah, so I have to do the banister. So I was like sanding and all that this weekend. So yeah, more on that. But yeah, I have to fix some electric stuff. And I hate house electric. Whoever built that stuff is stupid. Uh, Don't electrocute anyway. your son again. No, 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 no. 
yeah, that's it. That's it for me. So uh, uh, I guess we've already heard that Eric's here. Hi, Eric. Host number hey. five, Eric Rude, Everything Bagel from 24 Hours of Lemons, former podcaster, and the man with the deepest voice this side <laughs> of Darth Vader. Eric, what are you working on? Uh, well, I'm working on married life. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yay. Congratulations. I feel Thank like you. that's the I same thing, the thing as like body work. It, it's all about the prep. And, and you definitely, you prepped right for that one. Mm, there's still work. Okay. After. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, uh, what am I doing? Um, getting caught up on media. We're obviously way behind. If you've been paying attention to the lemons releases on the YouTube Where is videos. my wrap up video. I, yeah. I want my wrap. I'm literally working on the New Jersey one right now. The audio is all recorded. I have to dig through all the clips that we have. For some reason, we have like 900 clips. So it's been a really fun two days mm. of just digging through it. Um, what else? Uh, was working was on Aaron the... the photographer for that or videographer? Yes, he was. I, I think he does a fantastic job. Keep hiring him. He's excellent. Yes, we love, we love Aaron. Aaron is... Uh, too talented for lemon so obviously we're going to keep him around as long as we can <laughs> yeah um, absolutely. uh I, I i caught the uh the lemons rally wrap-up videos today with you and jeff stobbs you you, you got a twofer on that one that's awesome we'll put a link yeah to that in the show notes. we um the rallies are we, it's really hard to get enough media to talk about everything just because everybody's so spread out so uh we kind of are going to do twofers so we should have another pair of them being filmed sometime soon for the Rust Belt Ramble and Hell on Wheels, California. Um, Ball failure coming up soon and the Great River Road. And I'm working on the 23 schedule for the rallies and we're working on the race schedule for that. There's a couple other really big things that we're working on that uh, can't tell you about yet, but soon. So you're not doing like anything, just kind of sitting around. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you're, you're not gonna give our listeners any exclusives. At all. Uh, we are not going to Sebring next year. There's an exclusive. There you go. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. They told us to. Um, actually, they just didn't answer. So cool. <laughs> California, <laughs> no, as it were. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. There you go. Oh, well. In other news and notes, a lot of our listeners have race cars in their garage or driveway. Some plated, insured, and semi-street legal. Some not, but everyone has a temptation to always go out on the street. Like the block around our house has been used many, many, many times, mostly with Citroëns. Anyway, James Cooney at the Daily Mail tells us of a historic race car owner who's succumbing to that temptation. Recently in the Czech Republic, a Ferrari GP2 adorned with the Schumacher 2004 livery has been filmed driving on the roadway. That GP2 is a feeder series of Formula 1. So you might have guessed frowned upon by law enforcement owner is in some trouble are are Uh, you suggesting that the czech law enforcement might not have a a good sense of humor about perhaps not i don't know but what's more amazing is this is not the first time it happened because it also in 2019 a seemingly identical car was cited being driven on the same stretch of road oh so I mean, wow, years, two cars crap. that look the same. Amazing, right? Uh, reportedly, the local police tracked down the owner uh, of at the time, but he denied he was behind the wheel. And but because he was safety minded and wearing a helmet, identification was impossible, so they couldn't file charges. Just, just say, <laughs> just say it wasn't you. It's fine. Um, 
surprisingly, the Ferrari made it back both times without breaking down. Wow. Wow. Pretty impressive. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I forgot to mention, but I got a ticket this week. I get a ticket. This guy gets off clean. World's not fair. He is a Ferrari. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Also, you, you should. 21,000 miles a year in New Jersey. It's part of the price of doing business. How bad was it? Uh, A two-pointer. I'm probably not even going to contest it. Careless. You got contested on principle. Careless driving. He said, I pulled out in front of a guy. Oh, you weren't going like 200 and then a 100? You weren't on the autobahn that you were just going? Yeah. We have texts of you being way more careless than that. With a cop in the picture on the Look, wave. If if they're running radar, I can see them. If they're just driving along the street, don't see them all the time. Okay. In more amazing race news, the Iceman cometh to NASCAR. 2007 F1 champion Kimi Raikkonen is making his Cup Series debut at Watkins Glen International this weekend. Kimi will be driving as part of the Trackhouse Project 91 initiative designed to bring international racing drivers to NASCAR. He'll be running with Daniel uh, Suarez, the only Mexican driver in NASCAR, and Chastain. Suarez told uh, motorsports.com, I think he's going to be fast. The speed is there, and the racing part is going to be the process because it doesn't matter how much you practice in the simulator it doesn't matter how test you do the racing part is the racing part adding that kimmy may not understand how aggressive other drivers can be a link to the article by sean keely on the comeback is linked in our notes the ultimate irony of this would be if kimmy raikkonen won and it would be the shortest pit lane interview in the history of nascar leave me alone i know what i'm doing yeah it was good race thank you i <laughs> i need to go have a shit <laughs> America race big cars. I win. <laughs> you all suck. <laughs> all right. We all took basic economics in school. No, even I did the not. guy with the liberal arts. You didn't. <laughs> but wow. even Jeff understands supply and demand. We also know the difference between leveraging a market advantage and out right greed. So the folks over at markup.org, a website that is built specifically to compile data on dealerships and determine who is marking vehicles up over MSRP and by how much. The site, which is linked in our notes, you allows you to search by location, brand, or other keywords to find dealers or vehicles in their area and compare that to the MSRP markup. It started as a Google Doc way back in 2020, and it was originally meant gather data on just Toyota 4Runners, which are always usually marked up, and Tundra sales. But now it is a sizable database utilizing various web crawlers that gathers public data on dealer activity. So you're shopping for a tow pig near Toad Suck, Arkansas? That is a real place, by the way you'll know if a particular dealer is asking too much over the OEM recommended pricing. I think the answer is unless it's like a Dodge. Yes. <laughs> or, uh, uh, didn't we also found out alpha alpha is not marking up. That's true. Yeah. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants them. Uh, last year. Uh, all I talk about this all the time. John Deere litigation involving them locking the software on their equipment so that farmers can't fix their own equipment and you know, all, 
all they had to like shut down all the farm equipment in Russia by pushing the magic button. Uh, so yeah, we've talked about this. The right to repair thing is a big deal in my book. Uh, but gearheads are going to gearhead and hackers are going to hack at the recent DEFCON hacking conference right there near Metzl in Vegas. A software jailbreaker known as Sick Code. Your name is terrible. It sounds like somebody in Mental's uh, cell phone directory. <laughs> Uh, got into John Deere's internal software. Thomas Hyundai, again, probably a made-up name. Um, that's a joke. At the Autopian, gives us the deets. He says, the first order of business, running farmer-themed version of Doom. Then, <laughs> the breaking of the John Deere software is a fairly large leap forward in the right-to-repair fight uh, between John Deere and its consumers, which has been hacking for a long time. Uh, this hack extends to, but even to, uh, local independent auto repair shops. We've mentioned this before, right-to-repair. Uh, we've had the laws in Massachusetts. So yeah, if you want to fix something, such as your mobile phone, or your tractor, or your car, you need to have access to the software and not be sued. If you own the piece of equipment, you should own the software. You should be able to fix it yourself. So call your congressman or your state senator or whoever and tell them you want right to repair. Link in the show notes. Now, yep. speaking of right to repair you're going to need parts or sometimes you just want to upgrade your stuff and one of the best places to find that is of course at racingjunk.com been uh, playing phone tag with our contact over there but we will probably be doing a, a small thing at sema this year since it's right here in, in our hometown uh as anything involving racingjunk.com is always free to browse and it's free to post ads but you can also get a membership and they literally have everything you could possibly need they even have a 24 hours of lemons section of just cars for 24 hours of lemons racingjunk.com free to browse free to post check them out nice upcoming races champ car is at gingerman for the cookie cutter classic listen to this lineup it, wait wait 30. it's cookie cutter the the description of the cars yeah i think so because there, <laughs> there are 33 cars yep 11 are BMWs. That's um, one third. Boring. Five, five Boring. Miatas, zero Hondas, one Porsche, but a 16 valve Mercedes 190. Mm -hmm. um, that's, good. that's okay because it's mighty. Yeah. So overall, I'm just, I'm just going to say boring. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. All right. Recent results. Eric, you're just at Autobahn. We heard there are of the 66 cars registered around half retired before the checker. Uh, anything weird going on there or nothing to report? Just normal carnage? I, yeah, I don't know. Every, everybody broke everything. Uh, yeah. That's pretty that's pretty much it. I have no idea why. Lots of brake problems. At least three different cars had the rear end fall out. Like the whole subframe fell out. Mm. Just weird stuff. That's very um, Midwestern, though. Was it extra yeah. hot? Anything? No, it wasn't no? hot at all. That's the crazy thing. It was yeah. like super nice, like 75, no humidity, no sun. I don't know. Okay. I, well, tide goes in, tide comes out. You can't explain that. So sure, it just seems <laughs> weird that we had. There's a whole lot of them that uh, they didn't that didn't make it. Well, uh, the winner. How do they work? Last yeah. was Badger Racing Inc. and their Hella Sweet Wrangler Dale RX7. 
That's nice. Uh, somehow the so cheaty $500 my ass V8 swapped BMW from the Polka Kings stayed running all weekend long and one class B foreshadow to tonight's topic. Or not. Or not. Yeah, uh, it was a. Uh, it's not the V8 one. Oh, one never mind. No. Oh, my bad. I, I step, I'm the one that did that. Yeah, this one's the stock uh, straight six, five speed. Uh, that team, by the way, um, they had never been on track before they did lemons five years ago and they finished third overall in class B. So that's good. Third overall class B totally yeah. foreshadowing to what we're going to be yeah. talking about tonight. Uh, God's chosen class, of course, class C, uh, went to, went, went to the gingerman IOE winder stranger danger and the ruckus Rangers in their 65 Corvair, a rare double win. No, no, they won IOE different, in different June. Range, yeah, this is oh. Autobahn. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Gingerman, the they notes. won IOE. Got it. So they've run two races. They won an IOE, and then it just, the stupid thing just runs. It's crazy. Like, they've done nothing to it. They, like, pulled it out of a field and threw a crappy Corvair engine in the thing, and it just kind of keeps going. I, it's, it's, all it all the other sense. Corvair teams have yanked the motor, right? I mean, they're... Yep, the only Corvair, the only Corvairs that have ever done well actually have had air-cooled engines. There was one like ten years ago in the Northeast, and one on the West Coast in the early days. And everybody else puts V8s in them or super Jag engines. swaps or whatever. Swap, Jesus, that thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, Russ, if you're listening, but man, that, that thing was special. Um, <laughs> special like special ed so. yeah um but yeah corvair one class c um by the way should point out Derek steinkamp's quantum almost one c um what we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a minute um wow. part of the main Derek? topic actually yeah okay. uh org choice is a well-done team name we're just here for the sr as a i racing hint there in a 99 blazer <clears throat> judge's choice was six speed racing in a crv which probably has something swapped in it to have six speeds. No, <clears throat> just just different. It's an automatic. Yeah. Yep. Automatic, even better. <laughs> nice. Uh, Heroic Fix was distracted motorsports in a McCour because they fixed a McCour. True. true. Uh, screwed was uh, Fieros. Apparently, all the Fieros, they are all <laughs> screwed because they're Fieros. Anyone except Jeff in Utah cannot make a Fiero work. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there were three of them, which is the most we've had since Nelson's ledges, um, or where there were five of them, if you can believe that, which is maybe the most Nelson's ledges thing in the <laughs> history of Nelson's ledges. Yeah. But, you know, we, we figured we'd put them all back and see, even though the sob swapped one had just one C, and we figured, you know, let's just see how this shakes out. Surely one of them is going to win. Uh, no, just <laughs> not at all. Unless there's Amazing. a boat. Yeah. The, the yeah. Nelson's Legends is like the middle of the middle of the middle of the Midwest, right? It's like every Midwestern trope there was. Fieros, Juggalos. Yeah. Bridges, drug bridge. Drug, drug bridges. Bridge. Yeah. Yeah. It's near a bunch of abandoned factories. Yep. That, yeah. oh, that pretty much tracks. So Nelsonville, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I, I'm sure there's a story behind the Rainbow Trout Warrior teetering on the brink of IP infringement trophy. 
yeah, so it was Lemon's first Lumina Z34, which Ooh, I mean, oh, nice. yeah, yeah why, why has it taken mm, so long? Is I, the question. I don't know. I mean, Z, any of the Chevy Z cars is, you know, Lemon's gold, obviously, but the Z34, of course, had the, of course, as though everybody knows this piece of useless trivia, had the dual overhead cam version of the 60 degree V6. Um, I, I saw it. I was like, there's no way this thing's going to run. It ran the whole damn weekend. Um, but they did the whole Jeff Gorton's fisherman thing uh, with the Monte Carlo, the rainbow warrior scheme. So, uh, you know, for, for both, you know, IP infringement oh, of God. Jeff Gordon and Gordon's, and fisherman. Gordon's fisherman. So that's why we get the rainbow trout warrior. Mm, I love go. that. Yeah. yeah. Right. What was it? Was the team name Jeff Gordon's racing? I think it's Jeff Gordon's racing. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. excellent. And uh, IOE longtime competitors and yet more uh, I racing trope, uh, the TDI store racing. Yep. That's the uh, moose schlong TDI. So uh <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm surprised you guys don't have the photo of mental handy. Oh, I'm sure he, does. <laughs> he probably has it number does. two on his yeah. phone. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but, well, uh, and, and, and uh, Eric has it on his phone too, uh, of me wearing the tights on the actual <laughs> Mooshlong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no, it was great. They were the 60th fastest car out of 63 starters, and they finished 20th. So nice. uh, oh, it's half the right. field and finish. So there's yeah, they would have probably won C, but they were doing all their driver changes in the paddock because the thing I it ran about five and a half hours on a tank of diesel. So <laughs> <laughs> like 30 gallons of diesel for the entire weekend. So Boy. um wow. pretty sweet. It's efficient now, use of consumables. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You're at uh, you're at Audubon. Mike Gritter, sometimes Lemon's co-conspirator, manages that track. It's a great facility. But there was no Halloween meets gasoline, which is not an automatic trophy. Which so that tells me that everyone showed up kind of weak sauce. Oh, there was one. Uh, they didn't. It probably didn't end up in the results. Oh, I need to edit wonderful. That. Okay, excellent. Please tell us. The story. All right, your listeners may or may not be f- familiar with Rax Restaurants. R A X. And this is, it was one of those really good obscure themes that only a few people get, but it was a restaurant chain in the Midwest in the eighties and nineties. It was like, it was like crappy Arby's basically, but uh, they hired a marketing firm in the nineties who came up with this very interesting spokesperson called Mr. Delicious. And Mr. Delicious was in the state of having a midlife crisis uh, and so all of the pitches were, you know, Rex is great for Mr. D because he's going through a divorce, you know, or, you know, uh, <laughs> what? yeah, uh, you have to look it up, but you know, um, I feel like Jeff is already doing this. I, I was, am. Oh, I, I'm about I'm to about share. To share. Uh, oh. It was a little <laughs> conceptual, um, but uh, Brian Wagner came dressed as Mr. D uh, with the bow tie and they shot a uh, Rax restaurants commercial in BS inspection. So that was great. Wow. Uh, now, wow. Mr. D uh, <laughs> basically bankrupted uh, the franchise, but there are five of them left and one of them happens to be in Joliet. So we got Rax 
roast beef sandwiches as a bribe also so it was wow. it's a little wow. high concept but um yeah it's pretty he, great so here is some of the things that they talk about he has been divorced and that his current marriage's marriage to mrs delicious is his second one he had a trip to bora bora with two of his female friends but well, he was unfulfilled well uh, it's part of uh, the tv spot or the radio spot for that is great but it doesn't yeah. say anywhere that his friends are female oh, and, okay. and implies that uh it's kind of a maybe on a down low situation it's kind of one of the specialist tie kind of things is really <laughs> the implication. which for 1992 when you're trying to market to the midwest it's a little bit of a stretch. That's a little edgy. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. feel like. All right. Well, that is bookmarked for later, and we will yeah. uh, put a link <laughs> in the show notes to that it's, article for everybody. It's basically Tim and Eric, great job, like 15 years before that, and trying to sell roast beef to chubby Midwesterners. So, um, but, that is so great. That's amazing. So wonderful. Yeah. All right. Let this be a lesson to all of you out there. If you want to meet, get Halloween meets gasoline, you got to go deep. There, well, there is no, I don't care how good your costumes are. If it's easy to figure out and kind of basic, it ain't going to win. Well, I mean, there, there are many ways to approach it, but the obscure theme is one way. The also bludgeon people over the head with your theme for the entire weekend. Also effective. I'm gonna so. go or, or as we call it. Yeah. Or as we call it, LOL and B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> chris you had your hand up did you want to say something no i was just uh, thinking we resemble that remark occasionally yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. oh great that is awesome um <clears throat> you know who never has to bludgeon you over the head with their theme chrissy's mom exactly i'm trying to yeah. figure it out garage heroes can do it for her that's right so. <laughs> that's, that's hey chrissy's mom convenient. And Chrissy's sister and all them. brother-in-law, whoever else is listening, dad. Yeah, hi. Cat. Yep. <laughs> the cat. I thought the cat was deaf. Our That's cat's our, deaf. Our cat's deaf. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Eric's cat is fine. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yep. I don't have a cat. Me topic time. So this topic is actually based on Eric's observations. And he sent us an email just kind of like, here, you guys run with this. But we recognize that the person who got their start in Lemons and once had their own website doing nothing but crunching the data on what brand, what team, what car stood the most chance of winning needed to come on the show to do this. And a lot of people forget this about Eric because he is charming and entertaining and soothing when you talk to him. But Eric is a numbers guy on a level that normally people are socially awkward and hard to talk to. And everyone forgets that about you. But we're talking about uh, not step on the wiener. And, and I've got, you know, the little thing in here, but you could just walk us through this. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things I think is really interesting is for all the subjectivity that goes into lemons, the way we class, the way it looks like it's pulled totally out of our ass because it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. Um, a really interesting thing's happened several times this year already, which is that a car 
whose fast lap is in the bottom half of the field has won class B four times already this year. Um, which sounds like super nerdy and why would that matter? Um, but I always find that kind of stuff fascinating because the endurance racing is this weird outlier of a motorsport. And so when you have these people who are, you know, quote unquote, slow winning a class, what they're really doing is being efficient and they're kind of setting a model for how other people should probably be doing this. Um, and if you ever wanted to do better at endurance racing or lemons specifically, these are kind of the people you should be paying attention to because they're doing it the quote unquote right way as far as the actual racing goes. Um, and I find that kind of stuff fascinating and, you know, without having a whole lot of anecdotal data on how they're doing it. Um, it's just worth pointing out that this is happening. And I went back and looked and it's happened 30 times in the last 12 years. So it should be happening like once, maybe one to three times a year. The fact that we've had four and half a season means that there are some people who have really got it figured out. I think that's fascinating. And good advice. We, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you say in the lemons wrap up videos, stop trying to go fast and instead be efficient, stay out of the penalty box. We do the same thing. We tell people practice your pit stops. Well, yeah. So let's give, let's give some examples like to get <clears throat> people know what we're talking about here. Yeah. So like, uh, the um, several teams have done it twice and you know, you guys are among them uh, with two different teams of yours with the, the civic many years ago, I think in New Jersey. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then uh, Dave did it in the Cressida also. Um, so I don't know. I figure you're as good a people as anybody to ask, how do you go about, you know, put yourself back six years ago and think about how you got there. What was, what was your approach to it? Had you thought about this kind of thing ahead of time? Yeah, well, absolutely. There's, I think there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, there's some other examples here that I think that we've got out here. They're good. Is that um, like when like 2020 at Thompson, when we won that one, our best lap was a 127.1. Cressida was on the same lap was best lap was a 130.8. Right. So big chunk of time there. Um, and I think that particular race, it came down to uh, fuel, all came down to fuel. And that was where they are very good at fuel and fuel economy and having, you know, efficient strategy and pit stops. And we were fighting someone and our fuel burn was atrocious. Right. And it, it made it rough without a and doubt. They finished, they finished third with that. What was the time difference between the laps? Three, uh, two, two and a half almost, seconds. Yes. Two, no, no. Three, three and a half, three and a half, and a half seconds. Sorry. Yeah. 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 That's best fastest lap. So, so huge difference. And, and I'll definitely, I'll go back to, it was 2016 when both of our teams won B class. Our Honda was very slow. I mean, that was when it was this single cam V tech. And no turbo, just no turbo, no 20,000 mile race motor. Yeah. But we had the full 22 gallon cell and we ran a long shifts just mm -hmm. to get there like and we, we knew that going in we stopped once a day at that race yeah. that was it yeah and how many flags none no flags oh no flags if, if you flag you're, it's you're done you're, yeah. yeah 
we stacked drivers to people that could maintain a good pace over a long period of time and be mm-hmm. smart about it. I, I had nine hours of seat time that weekend. That was pretty phenomenal. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and we used to put you in at the end because your fuel burn was higher than a lot of us. Yeah. And, and although you're running through, right next to him, though. Well, yeah, Jack, in the Mazda. <laughs> The Mazda, I got a problem. I can't make, but we, we've actually talked about this. We've, Eric, we've talked about, you know, our Mazda 3, it's got a 2.5 liter, whatever, from a Ford Fusion MZR, right? MZR? Yep. Yep. And the fuel burn is too high. We don't think that that modern car, when it's driven in anger, it, it you know, whatever the cams are doing in there, it's burning too much fuel. I didn't use too much gas. I think it's you. Oh, it's definitely it's, me. And it's my problem. Well, it's definitely my problem. This this goes to another p- part of this, which is that I think when you drop into a race and you see somebody beating you and you can't really explain it, you, you automatically assume they're cheating or they're getting some kind of advantage. And as you just pointed out when talking about the Civic, now when talking about the Mazda, there's no replacement for experience driving a car and specifically experience with that specific car you learn everything about it it doesn't really take long for um the people with the right mindset to kind of learn a car you know a guy like anton can drop in a car and pretty much learn it in about 90 minutes um unless but, you it's know, his own volvo in which case he will fiddle with the suspension all week right yeah there's there's the noodling uh, aspect of that but um but, you know, uh, you guys had at that point raced the Civic for what, that two or three years? You, you'd had time to figure out yeah, what it and was. And a few years with the other Civic, too, with the same engine, though, that just motor, that was the hero motor, just wouldn't die. Yeah. And that was last weekend, uh, Save the Tatas were competitive as they always are. And people were just kind of floored by how clean they drive, how they stay out of trouble, how quick their stops are. And, you know, it was literally their 45th race with that car. So, I mean, it's, they know every inch of that car and know how to drive it. And so, you know, knowing your car, having thought about where you're going to be at some point in a day, you know, um, Chris, be ready at three o'clock and actually, you know, having pants on that kind of thing makes a big difference. (laughs) No, no, absolutely. Pants are the worst. We have have talked, we've done entire podcasts about being organized Mm -hmm. and and making sure that the fuel cans are ready when the fuel's got to go in and everybody knows what you're going to do when the car comes in and who's going to fuel and who's going to do the fire bottle. I think a lot of people understand that. I think a lot of people understand like, this is, this this is break team characteristics. Like, can we, can we group some of these things together to make it a little easier to understand? So team characteristics, organization, Mm. preparation, not just have the car prep so that it doesn't break or, you know, minimize your chances of it breaking. You can never stop it really. Um, but then ha- like, like Jeff said, have the fuel ready, have your team know what their job is, you know, not be looking for, for uh, Ralph at, you know, 10 minutes before the pit stop because you need one more guy and you can't find yeah. him. Yeah. Cause he's in the porta potty. Yeah. Right. And he doesn't have a radio. And, and, um, and also, 
everybody's fed everybody's right. like hydrated every you know what i mean everyone knows where their gear is what's the uh the team with the yellow and and this this ties into some other topics because you're going to start seeing a lot of ford focus they're mm-hmm. they're hitting that bottom of the depreciation curve they're in the junkyards they're not a bad platform but the yellow one and uh, you're talking about the Mofoco guys out of yes, the Twin the, Cities. Yeah, yeah. The, the no step on Eric. And yeah. at NOLA years ago, they were, what, fourth from the bottom in terms of times, and they still finished. And then they have, that's a team, they're, they're all consistent. They're all within a couple of seconds of each other. And uh, once they kind of got their heads out of the penalty box, they've yeah. been successfully doing quite well. And it always seems like they're having fun too. And it's probably because they're not frustrated because they're not looking for somebody in the toilet or they know when, okay, after this fuel stop, we got to have all the jugs in the truck and you got to run down the road to the Wawa to fill them all up. So we are ready for, you know, at this point or that point. Well, that's a good transition because, you know, people look at three pedal mafia and they see people having fun. Um, and that isn't an accident. You know, when you know what's expected of you, you know, you know where to be at a certain time or what is going to happen kind of frees you up to actually enjoy the weekend then, you know, um, it, as long as car's point. not broken. Totally yeah. Point. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's always, that's always the specter of lemons though, is, is the car could always break anytime. Um, yeah. and, and that's, you know, just part and parcel of it. And again, to do this with a bottom, bottom half of lap time car and still win a class B, for example, or overall with, you know, a bottom two thirds lap time. Um, you kind of have to have a, pr- nothing can go wrong basically. Um, but if you've, you've prepared for it, it kind of, kind of works itself out. Yeah, I would, so, I would say that the, the preparation piece, even when it goes horribly, horribly wrong can add to, you know, still having fun of everyone on the team will agree. Nope. This one is properly done in. So, yeah. you know, uh, in various cases, either go fetch the spare car, like the uh, the guys always do at Gingerman until they brought yeah. the Mustang, or, okay, wristbands off, crack them open. Let's go yeah. help other other folks because we all agree. We, we've had this level of expectations and we have passed that point. So we agree that this is now time for plan B. And, and yeah. I, so to sum up some of the driving characteristics things we just talked about, it's, fast enough but not necessarily the fastest because that's the edge where you're going to set a wheel off you're going to have contact you're going to break the car you're going to burn too much gas so being able to consistently run at or near 90 percent among everybody with the occasional fast lap when you got to get by somebody i think that's that's key um and the yeah. ability to to stay on as long as you possibly can in your in your shift. I I think handling and like if we're talking about car characteristics, <clears throat> are we can we change the car characteristics for a moment? Have we got have we gotten through enough team characteristics? Have we talked about attitude, preparation, um, driving level, intensity, still have fun? We're good. That's pretty much it. Organization, yeah. Organization. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Can we go? Let's move on to the car. <laughs> car characteristics. Fast, fast don't win, but handling and brakes does. Fast can win. Uh, I would sh- say fast can win. It's a lot more work, and and I think that that gets 
Well, any way you win is a lot of work. Okay. Um, you can win with a car that runs 90 minute stints if you're really fast and really efficient. You can win with a car that'll run 220 and you know it's mid mid-range lap times. You go in with a car that runs three and a half hours and is just consistent. Um, I think it was something Jeff said a while ago that you know, all you have to do is stick to what you're doing and not screw up and you've punched the ticket to have a chance. And that's kind of what endurance racing is. Um, There's a hundred ways to skim a cat basically. And every car is going to work in a different way. Um, And and that's what's always fascinated me about the endurance racing aspect of lemons, which is, you know, obviously super serious for a topic that I'm talking about. um, Well, and, and I didn't mean fast doesn't win power and acceleration and gob smacking torque mm-hmm. is not always the fastest way around a road course right and, and like, i think i'll, I'll yeah. use the sorry for party fail as an yeah, example yeah. of that one it's yeah it's fast it's a bridesmaid it, it'll blow your doors off down that straight or put a wheel in there or put that a wheel too. In there. yeah <laughs> But there's, I mean, you know, we've talked about, you know, the the impending 350Z onslaught that is coming because that is a very powerful car that can be had pretty cheap. And I, I don't know if they're going to dominate or not because I oh, don't no, know that they're terrible engines. They're Nissans. Yeah. But <laughs> but like so, I, so like what is it like? We all know that you know the E thirty six E forty six is probably the easy button these days and nothing is easy mm-hmm. they're What's, not hugely powerful no it's close to the sweet spot though i think yeah yeah a at this point though i mean yeah, yeah. It, we got away from our Sorry. b conversation but yeah, yeah it's whatever you cloud whatever you know times you're trying to run whatever class you're in it's finding the sweet spot of enough power but not too much great reliability for the most part great handling and brakes and I'm going to add another one in here. Enough driver comfort makes a big difference. Mm, okay. Yeah. Like that's where our Civic was had a, that was. That's so nice that of you to problem. add. You need to have all of your drivers to be able to tell you that I'm dying for oh, us I to knew, be like. I knew oh, we were all dying. We, I was okay. dying too. I just wasn't complaining about it. I, um, <laughs> I, I well, and now I want to, I want to touch on this because we're, we're having the power conversation, but again, Eric provided us with some data. So if we look at four events this year, Mm-hmm. Were the B class cars, and in each one of these cases, I'm guessing the B class winner was top ten. Without... Eric, am, am I allowed to share your sheet with the screen? Yeah, for those people for watching on YouTube, I don't yeah, know if the, there's some the pri- first part, one that comes information up, there. The first one that comes up is the Psychobilly Crap Crap Can Cranbook 318. Now, this car has been kicking around lemons for how many years? How many different teams have owned and raced that car? I think only two. These guys bought it from Speedy Cop, who built it in 11 or 12. Yeah, it was the pumpkin or something back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, they, they've done it twice. If you look, they did it in 2015 also. Um, mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, look know, at that. Like smack in the middle. Uh, but at Barber this year, you know, like 69th. Nice, by the way. Um, out of 100. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw that. Know, um, that's like way into the bottom half. And, you know, it's a four cylinder E36 with a fuel cell. Like it's not 
you know, the, it's the aerodynamics of a Cranbrook welded right. to an E36. Yeah, it's got another, you know, two feet of frontal area on the roof. So, you know, it's not the most efficient car, um, but they just stay out of trouble. They they don't you don't see them making stupid moves. You hardly see them making moves at all. They just kind of drive their own race and it kind of pays out at the end. It's really it's really gratifying to see a team that's got it figured out like them. Um, yeah, yeah. And we should mention for those of you who are watching on YouTube, the uh, the chart that you see in front of you are all the B class winners. Mm -hmm. you, like we said that you know error data, but this is the data that you pulled, and yeah. and there have been four four B class wins this year. But if you look through the years, there's a good bunch. Yeah, uh, and there's a few, you know, that stand out. Um, the Blue Shells in the Midwest, they ran a Honda Accord with a, an A20, a carbureted A20, which is oh. not uh, not going to blow anybody's, you know, doors off with it. And they won yes. at Road America with it, which is amazing. Yeah, and that one is, in, in almost every one of these cases, that one you just mentioned, that was the 47th fastest out of 62 cars at a yeah. very, very fast track. That's that's impressive. They were doing their taxes down the street on that thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, For, 41 out of 51. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, so sorry. I'm sorry. Bottom, I'm, bottom I'm up, 10 I'm lap times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh the gin, yeah, 40, ginger man was 47 out of 62. You're right. Yeah. Same yeah, team. That, that's impressive. Uh, I, and I remember that Blue Goose win at MSR Houston. And mm -hmm. That's they're not even halfway there. This is really interesting. And this is a, a good one too, uh, for this year, the onset tetanus 944, which is yeah. it. I've driven that car and it's a really good car, but it's also a Porsche 944, which means it's going to assume the service position, which is up on jack stands in the rear while they do something to the transaxle. Yeah. And the uh, first this time it held together in the bottom half, it won. And got yeah. sixth overall at, yeah. at NOLA. I, That's a fast track. What what I think that was from them, and I mean, you've been to MSR races, Houston, you, or mentally, you've seen them working on this thing. It happens every <laughs> single time. And I think what it was is they realized that, you know, they need to just baby the thing and get it to the end. And a 219 at NOLA is not fast at all. No. And a 944, you know doesn't have a ton of horsepower especially that one uh is pretty tired um so you know with the five eighths of a mile straight going down nola's you know front straight away uh you know they're not going to make up time so they just didn't step on their wieners and that's kind of kind of it you just don't step on your wiener yeah mm -hmm. i here but here's something else that i want i want to just look at this whole list i mean Volkswagen quantums aside on this list. Yeah. These are all cars that I would consider good handling cars. Yeah. You know, Golfs, E30s, fuel Volvo efficient 240s. Yeah. A lot of Hondas. A lot of Hondas. I mean, a Pinto. I don't know how they got that in, but go ahead, so I guess. You, Chris and Chrissy have driven that car. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's Fish's uh, Pinto, Pinto wagon. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was at terrible. Sonoma. And with, it had the 131st quickest lap in it. They won class B running away. Thirteenth, um, and that's a that's that's a another. It's a that's a high speed track. Sonoma is a you know. Is it one better than standard. the other? I don't uh, remember the bad one. I 
think either way, uh, neither of them are particularly good. We'll put it no, in the they're not good. I yeah. just don't remember which one we were in. But yeah, I mean, it's as you point out, these are all, with the exception of the Audi and the Quantum, which are pretty similar, actually. Um, these are all light cars. Uh, they all handle pretty well. Volvo 240, not really light either, but uh, a good handling car. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if there's a common thread other than efficiency is playing a part of this. And and maybe that's what's interesting to me because it's it's not the fastest car that's winning, um, which, I mean, has happened in Class B. You've had, uh, you had the monkey house guys at Thompson last year. That car's quick. They had always stepped on their wieners, so I felt okay putting them in B. And you know, fast and blow uppy is also part of the yeah. class B equation. So, and now they've basically retired that car and are running the ombre instead. Yeah, which is hilarious to me <laughs> for a great and, many reasons. And they ran, they ran like a, what eleventh or twelfth Thir- overall, thirteenth in the thirteenth overall in the yeah. ombre. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's amazing. Those guys are hats I, off, gentlemen. I, one of the, the axioms, I guess, of lemons that I picked up from Phil is that, you know, with a few exceptions, um, you can probably make any car competitive in lemons if you want to bang your head against it long enough. Um, <laughs> but that's what I was going to say about about onset tetanus is 944 because you and said neon. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we're talking about the 944 because the 944 one B. It's years and years and years of development into that car. Yeah. Yep. It's incremental. It's making incremental changes. And I think you guys probably have, if you've been around lemons, if you've run lemons, you've made the mistake of changing too many things at once. Um, And then never suddenly you you have a car you can't drive because you tried to make it really good, really fast. And, and a lot of people just don't want to play the long game that it takes to be successful in lemons. Um, and and that's really a big part of it. And the secondary thing, and this is what you're coming to, to, and Chris is touching on well, is the team is all on the same page. You look at that list; those are teams that, you know, uh, chicken and waffles. But I, I feel like they've evolved into something else. Oh, chicken um, and waffles. Long story short, I told you we'd come back to the quantum. That is the quantum. It was run by Mike Austin, an automotive journalist. So there's two strikes against you. <laughs> He won back to back journalists. Yeah. Right? No, he's a legit journalist. Uh, I think he's at Hemmings now. But um, anyway, it ran with a stock 10 valve engine for two races, just cleaned up. And it's taken Derek Steinkamp now nine years and 150 percent <laughs> more horsepower to get it back to competing in class C. Um, yeah. You know. It, that's an organizational thing. And I love Derek to death, but he is not a guy who is thinking ahead at all. So. And, but you talk about a team that, you know, they show up and they are all of the shared vision. Yes, know? correct. Yeah, yeah we're going to drive ish, you know, uh, but it is, it is. So you've got tetanus. The, um, I, I, I want to say I've seen the volatile Ram MR2, but the Mr. Blue MR2. Now that's a, that's a family team. It's a father and daughter and the daughter's boyfriend or husband, not sure her partner helps them fuel, but he does not drive because he doesn't know how to drive stick. So uh, it's the father and daughter and they're on the same page. They know exactly what they're doing. Uh, They have a game plan. That car is not fast. It doesn't stay on the track very long, 
hundred minutes, yeah. maybe. Because it, it is tanks. it is all stock. That car yeah. is completely, you know, I think brake pads. And I I, I remember we were uh, watching we were watching their pit stop because we thought it might you know make for some good media and it was clean and quick and strapped in and off they went. Um, and it, yeah, it, it it is, it is interesting because they, they, they do have really solid communication and they knew exactly when that car was coming in, they were on the pit wall. They were ready to go. Yeah. During that pit stop, another team pulled in, the guy got out, his team was nowhere to be found, took his Hans device off, set it on the wall, asked Dale if it was okay to go find his team. 30 minutes later <laughs> comes back and this is right next to the MR2. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, I joked that, uh, cause he, he, I'm sorry, he took his Hans and his helmet off and set it on the wall. And then I stood over there. I'm like, how are you going to get your helmet? Cause you can't cross a line without your helmet on. <laughs> and they, they, then they were flustered Ooh. by this for like three minutes. Still one guy who was wearing all of his gear went, can I go get it? Yes. That's the point I'm trying to make. You got to think these things through and yeah. Yeah. Connect the dots and then, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so here's your B class recipe so far, and we're going to add to it. A team that is well-organized. Everybody knows what they're doing. Everybody's on the same page. Everybody is fed. Everybody is ready to run the car as consistently as possible. No black flags enough. fast enough. And then we want a car that is probably light and efficient. Although is a Cressida, how light is a Cressida? How, how do you define fast enough? Because I think that's the point Eric's making is all these cars are in the bottom third. Well, that's yeah. that's it. It's fast enough for the for what the class you're trying to do. Like you cannot get this you know, this kind of thing with no. the Rolls Royce. Just like, no. just can't do it. Yeah. It's, it. That's impossible. No matter how good yeah. you are. So true. And it's like there's like a minimum. Like you must be this tall to ride this ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the the bottom limit is a, a Ford Pinto with a fuel cell in it. Um, I mean that that seems to probably be about where the basement is. But I'd yeah. love for somebody to prove or, me wrong. Or, or the diesel Jetta, right? I mean, I uh, or yeah. The, or the what was it the 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 league the the French car that they bought from Soggy that came oh, with? Yeah, the, don't think a Simca. Simca? No. Sniff Simca around is, B, uh, the but, Simca yeah. is not tall enough to ride this ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what though, but like. Uh, great gobs of oil, Yuri's Bell, Huey, Buick, whatever it is. Yep. I mean, that recently beat every single B car in the field. Let's talk about this at Thompson. We mentioned it before, but mm-hmm. people don't listen to every episode. Great gobs of oil. They won class C. They were 11th overall. And their lap times were terrible, like 132. I, I didn't look at They were fantastic for an Azuzu. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But like I said, 11th place overall in a Class C car that normally you would probably say not tall enough to ride this ride, not fast enough to complete to compete in the B class. It's that that is a fascinating case study to me because you all four of you know Yuri well enough to know there is no there is no big white board with stints written out but the communication from yuri is probably pretty clear which is go drive kind of hard but not too hard and then don't step on your wiener that's it 
And sometimes that's enough for your drivers. And that's a big part of just knowing your team, um, knowing who you have driving your car also, um, and having people you trust, which is not something you just pick up. That is, that is something you develop over years. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, he also Yuri, had some hot shoes with him that do Yuri puts his A team in the Buick Opel Isuzu, as you do. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> totally. Well, uh, to win a class, you you put the people that are fast enough and you're that, they're trustworthy enough. That's how you win. Yeah. Strategy, win Chrissy. Yeah. You started that's the conversation with that. Go ahead. Oh yeah. I mean, I I think all of these really do tie together because that's what strategy is. It is making what what is your goal and figuring out who can get you to that goal. And if your goal is to win C, then you're going to put the people that are fast enough in it. And that's what worked. And Mm -hmm. though I don't know all the whole team, but I know that some of them not always the cleanest. So you end up with um, questionable. Well, I just say you have to trust them well enough then. That's what yeah. you need to do. Yeah. I, I, I think the trust is even keyer than fast enough uh, for forever. We, we, we joke about it, but we, we always put the dishwashing fairy in because there's a hundred percent trust there. That- well, that's uh, my, my favorite mixed idiom from many years ago is um, <laughs> never uh, when a pint is holding a pint, it's doing the best that it can. Um so <laughs> <laughs> for those of you watch not watching on YouTube, uh Eric has polished off his Guinness yeah. and was holding up the glass, the uh, empty glass. It, it, that's a misappropriation of a you can't expect a pint to hold a quart, basically, which is another way of saying you should know your team well enough to know what to expect from them too. Um, you know, uh Yuri's not expecting a driver to get in the Opal and run a 128 you know, like that's just not it, you know, and it, telling somebody it's okay to not be the fastest person on the team is a big part of it. Um, you know, endurance racing is all about checking your ego and being part of a team, which a lot of people don't like. So yeah, yeah. and, and, and uh, we, people didn't get that memo, Eric. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we should mention that Yuri, this, this most recent race at Thompson had guys he could trust. Right. And, and I don't mean to genderize that other than there are just no girls on his team, but he has frequently just sold seats to whatever random person could write a check. And in that, you know, that thing is a town bicycle. Basically, anybody could run a shift in it. But he really kept the team tight this this last mm-hmm. week or two weeks ago in Thompson. I think it was um, Edwin's meat that was fueling them to the land. Edwin's <laughs> meat is always it's the best. Always. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's being well-fed as a team. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, other, we, other strategy, though. Like, Go ahead. Uh, we've talked about this. We knew which race we could stop only once in. Mm-hmm. We knew that we were not going to do one stop at New Hampshire. Right. We, we knew that We tried Thompson, that. It didn't work so well. Yeah, yeah I, almost, <laughs> I almost made it. Yeah. <laughs> Three more laps, Jeff. I'm dead in the pits. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we we knew which, you know, you have to know which tracks are better for your car, which fuel burn situations, which amount of hours. I mean, Thompson is nine and six. What What is Thompson? It was 10, 10 and, and five, half. I think. Ten, nine five. and a half and five, yeah. Yeah, nine and a half and five. 
uh, while Jersey is like seven and seven. Yeah. You know, that, that is going to make a difference for your car with your fuel burn. So you have to have the right team. You have to pick the track and the situation that suits your car the best. Yeah. Maximize your, yeah, that's it. Maximize your shifts. Like find, find a way to get the, the most fuel burn out of your car without running out where you're not like coming in extra. Cause you, you know, cause you're a half hour short or, you know, it's that one guy just burns too much gas and has to now back off six seconds a lap. And there you mm -hmm. go. You can't then follow your previous strategy of everyone's running 90% consistently all the time. Well, that's another side note of this one is when you look at the tracks that this happened at, um, Gingerman comes up a lot. Uh, CMP comes up quite a bit. High Plains comes up a bunch, but they're 24 hours, which is its own completely different thing. That's interesting because, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of uh, Barber, Jesus Hour, CMP, Jesus yeah. Hour. Yeah. Uh, Gingerman now just I, is like Thompson. Thompson. You yeah, don't Thompson, start until after until lunch noon. on Sundays. These are, these are, this is very interesting. Okay. But yeah. Like New Hampshire only once and JMP only once. Yep. Um, hmm. MSR once, yeah, 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 yeah. That, that's yeah. interesting. Monticello, it, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, hey, that's only on there once. Oh, yeah, yeah. they only <laughs> let us run once. Well, I mean, a new track also opens up a whole other realm of possibilities, but mm -hmm. I don't need to go down that path. Um, the point being, though, that you know, it, hmm. it's reading the entire situation and figuring it out uh you know no there's no easy problem to solve in endurance racing it's all kind of its own calculus um but you can figure it out with some pretty basic arithmetic and not stepping on your wiener will get you pretty far down that road so yeah. to to that into the to basic arithmetic if there was a new team listening to this they've got the perfect car they're they're good people um what What's the first math equation you would recommend they solve? First math equation everybody should solve in lemons is how much, how many laps does one visit to the penalty box cost me? That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's you start with that uh -huh. yep. because if you can't drive cleanly, then you're not getting very far in lemons and you probably will go race somewhere else when you get strapped to the roof of the car and you don't understand why or don't think it's funny um but or you fall in love with it and come back every time i mean that's that's what happens <laughs> yeah, yeah. more often than not honestly um but yeah you, figuring out what mistakes cost you is where you start with it and then that that applies to fueling as well because fueling unsafely has the same I, it's much better if you spend 10 minutes per fuel stop at your first race than you know six and you dump eight gallons of gas on the ground and have to walk around the paddock getting embarrassed um maybe it's just the, the east coast doesn't really do it but are there a lot of teams getting fueling penalties no i think we've I got mean, it we've got it pretty well i think it's pretty clear from the outset that we want you to do it right and we're happy to instruct you um yeah, yeah. I because mean, i think that's a I'll, productive uh, a, approach to it but um, a lot of people black flag and and the most common black flag is pass under yellow right yeah still yeah it is um that's the classic i know what i'm leave me alone i know what i'm doing uh on my third race and you know you don't so um 
I think some of it is that we're doing more fueling in the paddock and in the hot pits now where it can be a little bit better modern. It's a little more like serious. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's like, Oh no, we have to bring all our gear. We have to do this stuff. Or if you're just in your paddock, well, uh, but you have also got all of, you've got uh, Dale and and Ken and whoever else is out there. You, we, I know we, we do better because I think somebody's watching. So I, you, you're going to be more serious about what you need to do. Yeah. I also feel like if I can interject for one second, my thought is you said, if you are a new team and you want, and you have a great car, I said, really, the answer is it's going to take you two years to win. It should, unless because I mean, there are, you, you got to dial in learners. the car, you got to dial in the team. I mean, you got to make sure the team, all of the things we've talked about are, are kind of like a little bit tenured. They're a little bit, you have more time with the car. It, you can buy, you know, a proven race car but then you have to learn how to do it. And all your drivers have to learn how to do it. So I almost feel like you need that progression and just like, don't try to win, especially be, yeah. you know, your first couple of races. That's, yeah. I, I feel like that's what we're talking about. That's a good point. And we probably should have prefaced this whole thing. So uh, you can fix it in post, but um, this is, <laughs> this is like, the, we don't post. <laughs> I know. Yep. Uh, he knows. This is like the, 300 level you know college course uh on on endurance racing or on lemons um you know there are a whole host of 100 and 200 level problems you're going to have to solve um some people solve them really quick but i think i would say an average from zero to successful is at least four years, I would say, you know, it's 10 races, I would say is probably about where you finally something clicks. And if you've kept your whole team together at that point, um, you have people you trust. So I, I, I think C is probably easiest to win. Yeah. Not because not because it's like not hard to get, not because it's you you don't need to know what you're doing or you don't need to do this. I think that it's really hard to build a B car because if you build it too nice, you're going to be an A. But a lot of people can show up with some piece of crap and luck into a clean weekend where everything ran. Well, yeah. You cannot luck into a B win. You, I mean, how many of these are like top 10, right? Most of them, yeah, yeah, about half. And the half. one and the ones that aren't are still in the teens in a yeah. very large field. Yeah, I think I think you make a good point though. Um, class C is all about just keeping your car on the track. That is the keeping your car running is the is the challenge there. And you know, in a class B or a class A car in lemons, um, you know, that's challenging number like seven you know um uh, and then once you've got that then you have to refine it and you have to figure out the finer points the 300 level class stuff you know um how to how to fuel efficiently you know practicing driver changes having an idea of what your car is going to do at a particular track and how it fits into the entire schedule for the for the weekend okay it, it's yeah. uh, i'm gonna say it flat out it is really really hard to win b yeah I, 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 you need to be it's really hard I mean, to win any of the classes let's be honest absolutely absolutely i'm not gonna say it's easy to win c but blind squirrel can find a nut in c well, blind I think, squirrel well, I, is not I, i'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna say blind squirrel could, you can you can compete in c but you can't 
you can't win in C. I think what you're trying to say is with C, you're not as worried about speed. You can focus on reliability and team predictability and trust and just keeping the car out there. No, no one has accidentally won I'm, a class. I'm calling Yuri a blind squirrel. <laughs> I mean, and, and I think Eric just walked us through why exactly in this particular instance, he absolutely wasn't. He yeah. showed up with the proper roster. He knew what the car was going to do. And he had, it wasn't as elegant as we've seen other teams, but he had very clear team directions and everyone bought into that mission. And luck is always part of it though. Yeah, you, Absolutely. You, you got you buy the lottery ticket by doing it perfectly, but luck gets yeah. luck has to be there. Luck is always part of it, but luck alone will not get you. No. Yeah. Luck We've is luck is your close. ignition coil limping, limping along, and you can just <laughs> barely get your C win ahead of a Dotson. Or luck is also someone forgetting to put a hood pin in. And there you there and you go. Ruining your choices. Yeah. Right. One one error will take you out of B. <clears throat> you can win C and still have an error. It depends where yeah. on the East coast, you're probably right. It's B is very competitive. Um, it just, it just is. I mean, if, if you think about the, the classing in terms of a bell curve, um, that's kind of what we're aiming for more yeah. or less, or even a and B and less than C it kind of depends, but um, you know, there's going to be a lot of cars and a lot of people doing a lot of different things. And I, Frankly, one of my favorite things that happens is, you know, end of day Saturday, you know, car that has been nowhere that you've not noticed that has been running, you know, 19th for most of the day, but it's kind of in running their own race in a way that is very intelligent, you know, suddenly is, you know, second and B uh, to start the day and, mm -hmm. and putting pressure on somebody was like, Oh, we weren't even worried about that car. We weren't watching it. We don't know anything about it. And suddenly there's these people on our ass. So I feel like that happens a lot on Saturday when you open race monitor and you're just like, Oh, Wait, what? Who, which well, who is, is that? that? Yeah. What car is that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you have that with the five, the top couple in a, and you get a random one that you don't really know, or they change their name, but that, that happened. Yeah. Um, but, but that happens a lot in B and C you're like, wow, yeah. they're, they're pretty, they're doing pretty well. So yeah. that's, that's a, that's a Saturday fun thing. That was a psycho Billy crap can at Barber was like that. They were yeah. just like running 20th all of Saturday. People started breaking. They just kept being clean. They stayed out there. They'd made their last fuel stop three hours before the end of the day. So everybody else came in that time kind of crossed over mm -hmm. suddenly they're ninth, you know, and it's just, um, I, I do want to kind of bring this to a close and I, I absolutely agree with Eric. I do love seeing that, especially when you look over at that team and they kind of knew that they mm -hmm. were doing it on the stealth. Yeah. As someone who occasionally works for lemons, I absolutely hate that because you have no media for well, that team that is now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there is occasionally that scramble, um, you know, it, but that's a good scramble to have. Um, yes. It's like when uh, Alexander Rossi won the Indy 500 beating <laughs> only the final lap, you know, and it was the only TV the half a TV turn, hadn't right? even followed him. Like yeah. they didn't know anything about his race. And then you go back and you look at the numbers and you're like, Oh shit. He had this figured out like for hours, you know, like he had been working on this thing. And if it went just right, he would pop out at the very end with the win. And sure enough, there it was. So 
Uh, that's the kind of stuff I love about racing stuff that comes out of nowhere. Surprising. It's, it's, it's never, it's never an accident. It's done with purpose and it's done with intelligence. And I, I personally find that really gratifying for the teams that win it. So. So let me reflect on something you said and maybe ask a following question that, you know, maybe you'll answer. Maybe you'll just tell us it's too close to the sauce and you're not going to answer when you're classing. There's no guarantee you're classing against the rest of the field. But you said class B on the East Coast is maybe a little bit more competitive. You know, is there is there a sweet spot you're missing or you're not seeing or you're like in the South? Nobody runs blah blah blahs and they really could come in and get you know maybe see some success is is there regional differences on what i mean we know in the midwest everybody's got juggalambos and you know pontiacs are out the yin yang but the midwest uh oh man there was i need to dig up that photo and put it on london social media but um all of the focus teams have kind of gotten together in the midwest that's like the class b car but uh they have shirts that say the first rule of focus club is you don't talk about focus club and then the back says the second rule yeah you get it um uh i there's always chris mentions the sweet spot you know in a you know bmws are the sweet spot between power and efficiency and drivability there are an infinite number of sweet spots out there um and somebody's always going to be looking for the next one um focus is a good one escort gt is another one uh close to my heart um (laughs) uh, honda civics you know without changing too much stuff you can put a civic in a with a b swap and a and a fuel cell kind of puts you on the edge but um we can we can talk finer points about that kind of stuff another time i know we're running long like really long so um uh but no, I, I there's not a ton of regional specificity. So. Got it. Yeah, I, the focuses are doing well in the east. I mean, uh, Hooptober or Chris Fix, whatever they're Pete Cheat, whatever they're calling themselves yeah. now. Yeah. It's a great theme. Um, uh, and- yeah, and uh, Matt um, Matt Rotundo's uh, focus finished second in B at uh, yep. Thompson. It's a great car. Yeah, could do too. Cool. Yeah, awesome. What else do we have to say about class huh. B before we wrap this yeah. puppy up? This is a great topic, Eric. It was great to you know actually put all these things together and think about it. So thanks for bringing it up. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thanks for hosting me being a super nerd every once in a while. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime you want to, anytime <laughs> you want to come nerd out. Wouldn't have it another well, way. Come on. We're yeah. about to test your nerddom no. in a okay. final section that we call goat or just one goat. Mm. If I say just one goat, you know what I'm talking about? The greatest of all time, right? He's great. Yeah. Exactly. Or the uh, also the joke about I built that bridge. You think they call me bridge builder? No. No, just one goat. Um one goat. recently at Thompson, uh Aaron, I think it was Aaron, was giving out the awards and he said that Momrath was the first team ever to win two uh Thompson races. And I went, no, that's not true. I questioned your your information. He said, I got it from Eric. And I went and I looked. And you're absolutely right. They were the only team I could tell that had won Thompson. But Amanda has won so much, I just assumed that she had won more. And mm-hmm. we love the Momrath people. Um, is there a team out there 
that is like the goat of lemons teams that has mm. figured everything out i mean current or past current or past i i threw three p potentials in here okay. eyesore momrath tatas you yep. know like is there a team that just shows up and really has it all figured out they have a great car they have everything and obviously they're not your favorites because you love class c and you know you hate all these dominating people with their cheaty bmws like us but you know who's got it figured out out there um mm, is this like crap not crap where i can only answer one thing no that, you can answer as much it. as right. you want i think the I mean, Cerveza has won more than anybody else. Um, oh, yeah. Good call. Yes, yes. They had a they had a run where they won like seven races at Thunder Hill in a row, like Ooh. just insane. And that was that was a team that had it all. They had it all figured out. They knew exactly what was going to happen before a week before the race. They knew exactly what they were going to do. They knew if this happened, we would do this, you know, like if, if there's a full course yellow within 10 minutes of when we stop, you know, to come in, like they just knew that everybody knew what the plan was at a time. Um, I haven't seen them in a while. I think they got, I think life happened. Um, but yeah, I would say they're probably in the running. Um, if I was going to pick one team that really gets it, that knows how to get everything out of their car. It probably would be, and this might surprise you. It'd probably be dirty duck racing out on the West coast. They've Unfamiliar. got a, they've got a little black Volkswagen GTI, like a 1980 mark uh, one, mark one, GTI. mark one. It's got uh, a magic hat on the roof and something's always coming. It's, it's on a wiper motor. So something goes up and down. Yeah. 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 I know. I know that team. Yeah. <laughs> Never I fast. Car. I don't know the team never fast absolutely never fast um bottom close to bottom half or in right in the middle and like a top five car all the time they finished second in b like nine freaking times i feel kind of bad about that they have won once or twice but uh they're 40 something races in with that thing it just kind of works they drive it they know what's going to happen they have a plan and at the end of the day, they make a really wicked gin and tonic. And that kind of matters. Like they know, they know what's going to happen on the track. They know what's going to happen off the track. It's, they have a plan for everything. And I think that kind of thing, um, that kind of thing maybe flies under the radar, um, but really great team. And we're totally all thinking about a class cars winners and it's it we don't i'm not thinking about it he knows i know no i think it's great no that's yeah. why we asked you the question because yeah we, we weren't thinking about them they uh, are and they are they are painfully pleasant as well yeah. just they'll they'll mentor talk to anybody great yeah. great people 100 percent uh honorable mentions to uh the extended family of onset tetanus and hella shitty out west um just the best people um you won't find better people than them uh love those guys competitive race wins end of the day they kind of just want to hang out and uh just soak in the atmosphere i can appreciate that but none of them are the penske of lemons right 
right? No, Survey says the Penske of lemons. Oh, I mean, you said we down. were the Penske of lemons once. Oh, did I? Oh, yes. well, no, I think it was uh, Nick. It was okay. Oh, wasn't Nick? <laughs> oh, well, I mean, all right. Sorry. Survey says the Penske of winning lemons races. Oh, that I got it. You guys okay. are the Penske of dominating lemons in all of the important facets there we go got it oh it's the, um, the i was trying to racing. i was trying to look on the on the boat aren't we the uh crap uh oh, again grandmasters non-parallel yeah. yes Perry, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah oh okay that was on there okay i thought okay. it was on there and I, I know for a different ancient history but it's still funny now it's still funny now all right eric this is great thank you so much thank you thanks for having me yeah, now let's see. What are the odds Jeff has a music queued up? I do have the music queued up. Zero. I'm trying to see if it will play uh-huh. for my speaker. Zero. Uh, are we going to go play? with our, our topic for next week that we talked about potentially? Um, uh, sure. The, the, the recent listener suggested concept of. Why not? Okay. <laughs> what is that, Chris? What are we going to be talking about next week? I don't remember. We talked about if I have to pull up the Slack and look at it. What was it called? <laughs> Team it communication. Was, right? Oh, yeah. shoot. We're saying we're good at <laughs> We're not good at this. We'll put it on social media. Look on social so media. It, it is the, the mystery things that go wrong with your car during the race and how we figured them out. So if, if you had a particularly challenging weekend, you couldn't figure out something that went wrong with your car, tell us that story. We're going to be relaying our stories of how we tracked just this one problem that refused the gremlins that run around the lemons paddock. And ideally, we'll all there's come out gremlins in the lemons paddock. Which oh, paddock are you in? There was one wet. last weekend. That, oh, that's yeah. our next theme, gremlins. <laughs> oh okay. boy. Okay. So tell anyway, us your stories. Send us all your stories. All your social media. Come on. Yes. Go, Jeff. Thank Go you Jeff. for downloading us. We hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Everyone Racers. We also hope you'll join us in the world of driving, racing, and building because everyone can be a racer. Even you, if you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and then email Eric and tell him how much you loved him on this show. Uh, if you have any questions or show ideas, or you want to tell us about the mystery problem you found, email us at everyone.racers at gmail.com. You could still text mental 484-243-0455. He loves pictures of your junk. Find us on Instagram or Twitter at everyone.racers, YouTube and Facebook, everyone racers, Reddit slash E1R. He's showing us pictures of his junk again thanks again and until next week uh keep the focus sharp unless you drive something else and then uh just keep those wheels down